to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. All right, take your Bibles tonight. Go to Genesis chapter 1. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for your word tonight. I thank you for the anointing on your word. Open our eyes to the kingdom realities of, of what we're here for, what we're doing here, what we're supposed to be doing here. We thank you that each and every person of TCVC will fulfill the purpose that you put them here for on earth. We thank you for your spirit revealing more information to us and more revelation in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Genesis chapter 1, look at verse 1. It says, In the beginning God created the heaven and he created what? The earth. Here we see that the kingdom of God began basically. He started the, the creation of heaven and he started earth. He created heaven basically where he was king, but then he created a place called earth. Why did he create earth? Well, if you look it up in Isaiah chapter 45, it says he created the earth to be inhabited. In other words, for someone to live here. So he created it because he was going to create his man and he wanted his man to also be a king in a different area or a different territory than him. So God became king of heaven, and when he created man, man became king here on the earth. How many of you know that you're a king according to the Bible? Yes. Glory to God. So what did he want to do? He wanted to do co-rulership. He wanted to have a colony called earth that would be just like heaven itself. The heavenly colonization is still going on today, and you have a part in it. Say, I have a part in it. How many know that's what your purpose is here for? Yes. To help him bring heaven into the earth. Most of us basically around us, we see the evidence of the two different basically powers that are here in the earth right now. We see the kingdom of light, which is God's, and we see the kingdom of darkness, which came into the earth when Adam failed and sinned. Jesus came, he said, I brought a sword. What did he mean by that? He is going to divide the kingdom of darkness from the kingdom of light. When we were born, we were born into the kingdom of light, but how many know the kingdom of darkness is still here in this world? And you could never see it any more clearly than you can right now to where things are being divided right down the middle for those who live in the kingdom of light and those who live in the kingdom of darkness. Look at verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image and our likeness. Let them have dominion, power, kingdom over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle and over all the earth and everything that creepeth upon the earth. Let him have dominion over here God basically transferred dominion to the man that he created. The word dominion means rule. It means basically kingdom itself. When you serve underneath a kingdom and under a king, you are given the power to dominate on the territory that you've been placed. Each and every one of us have the ability to fulfill our assignment. Each and every one of us have the authority and power to complete what God has put us here to do. We are here to manage the earth. We are in the management business. Adam was placed in the management business, but when he sinned, he lost what he had to manage over, so he was still a manager, but he was a manager of absolutely nothing. So he lost the purpose for mankind. Every single one of us who were born in the kingdom of darkness had no idea what we were here to do. We had no idea what our purpose was because we did not understand that we were put here to manage something that Adam lost. So basically because of that, many of us go after things in our younger years, hopefully, that we needed to fulfill the void that was in our heart. We see people on drugs. We see people in alcohol. We see people with sexual problems. We see people who work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. What are they trying to do? They are trying basically to fill the void of what they're really put here for with something else. 
They want to reconcile themselves, basically, to what their problem is. And, and in religion taught me this, and even Christianity taught me this. I may be in poverty, but I'm going to be happy while I'm in poverty. I may be sick, but I'm going to be satisfied while I'm sick. I may be depressed, but I'm going to try to feel good while I'm depressed. Basically, I may be frustrated, I have no peace, but I'm going to look like I have peace in that. And basically what it was doing was telling me that I had to go along with whatever came into my life and was ever happening in my life. Hell may have been ruling my life, but all things work together for them, for good, who are called according to his purpose. So religion and Christianity basically was telling me that I had no say, I had no choice. Basically, we just were here, and whatever happened in our life, we were going to have to fight our way through until we finally died and got to heaven. Religion and Christianity, for me, postponed everything that I wanted till I got to heaven. When I died and got to heaven, I'd have peace. When I died and got to heaven, I wouldn't be sick anymore. When I died and got to heaven, I would be ruling and reigning. But how many of you know God doesn't need us to rule and reign up there because he's doing a pretty good job, even without our input at this time? So religion postpones the reality of your future. It helps you accept things as they are right now. But when I started studying kingdom, kingdom guarantees you victory. It guarantees you power. It guarantees you dominion today, right now, if you're in the kingdom of God. Jesus came to give the choice back to all men. He restored the kingdom back to earth and to mankind, and he made us kings. The Bible says, blessed are they who are poor in spirit, for theirs is not religion, not Christianity, but theirs is the kingdom of God. So once you come in the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven, Jesus restores us back to our place. What is a kingdom? A kingdom is basically a territory that a king rules over and wants to influence and make it just like the place he's at. So God wants to make earth just like heaven. How many know that's in the Lord's Prayer? So the king basically wants to influence earth, influence whatever colony is with his morals. He wants to influence with his values. He wants to influence with his thoughts and with his desires. The kingdom basically is not a democracy. And here's where we have difficulty because all we know is a democracy. The king's word is law, period. The king is the government, basically. He is the law. He is the court. He is the judge. He has no Senate and no Congress to tell him what to do. He is in complete charge. The king is not subject to term limits. Nobody's going to vote him in and nobody's going to vote him out. The king of the original country of heaven is God. Jesus came with the purpose of restoring the kingdom to man who had lost the kingdom of God. Man basically since then have come up with a lot of different governments. We've got democracies. We've got dictatorships. We've got all these things. And all of them are a type and shadow of the kingdom. The only problem is they don't include the Holy Spirit and God. But many of the basics of it are basically the same. In a kingdom, something is different. Every kingdom has a king. A kingdom is not voted in or out. He was basically born as a king. All kingdoms have a lord. The king is always the lord. What does the word lord mean? It means owner, to be an owner. So not only is he king, but he is also owner of everything in the earth realm. That means there is no private ownership in the earth right now. God owns everything on the earth, and everything that you think you have actually belongs to him. The king's power is absolute. In other words, nobody can argue about what he decides. Nobody can, can compromise with him, debate with him, because he is basically the king. All kings have territory. If you don't have territory, you can't be a king because you have nothing to rule over. That's where the word kingdom comes from. King domain means kingdom. All kingdoms have a constitution. How many know even the U.S. has one? 
It's basically a covenant with the people that records the privileges and the rights that the people have for being citizens in that country. All kingdoms have laws. What are laws for? To protect the citizens of that country. And laws demand obedience. The kingdom of God has citizens, people who have certain responsibilities and certain rights. All kingdoms have commonwealth. We don't have commonwealth in a democracy. There's rich, there's poor, there have nots, there haves, there's everybody else. But in the kingdom of God, basically, it is commonwealth. What does that mean? The wealth is laid up for anybody who will tap into the wealth and get what they want. It's up to us. We have access to the king who's supposed to supply all our needs according to his riches in glory. All kingdoms have a culture. The culture of the United States right now has many cultures at this point. But the culture of a kingdom and the kingdom of God is the culture of the king himself. Basically, it includes a lifestyle. It includes the clothes you wear, the values you got, the morals you got, even the food that we eat. All kingdoms have something called an economy. What drives the economy of the United States? Money. What drives the economy of a kingdom? Faith. Faith receives anything that you need or want from the kingdom of God is already laid up for you. All kingdoms have a taxation system, just like a democracy. What is the taxation system of a kingdom? Tithing. We tithe. What for? Basically to get us started in the right direction of being givers because that's what the kingdom is all about. All kingdoms have a principle of giving to the king, never coming to the king empty-handed. Remember when Jesus was born, the three wise men came? They did not come to pray for a new donkey. They did not come to pray for gas for their donkey. They came basically to bring him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Why is that? Because in a kingdom, you bring something to the king. That's why we praise and worship on Sunday morning. So we bring an offering to the king first of all, then present the word after that. Every kingdom has an army. Most of the people in the church think that we are the army. We are not the army. We are the citizens. The army are the angels, praise God, who are here to defend and protect the citizens. Basically, when you have trouble, you just don't need to fight. You need to call 911-angel. And the angels show up. They are the ones who will show up just like the police are supposed to. All kingdoms have an education system, just like the natural realm. What's the education system? The Holy Ghost. Best teacher you could ever have. He's not rewriting the books. He's not putting any kind of crap in the teachings. He teaches and leads us and guides us into all truth. All kingdoms have an administration. What is that? It is a specific ecclesia. Members who are close to him, members who know his thoughts and his will and his morals. And he uses that ecclesia to get to the citizens to line them up with the kingdom also. So it's basically an underruling of him, people that he picks out who basically know his heart, know his thoughts, know his words, know his desires, and then they go out and they teach other people at the same time. This is what churches are supposed to be. There's supposed to be more than just a place we all get together and jump up and down and have a good time on Sunday morning. You should be taught in the ways of the kingdom every time you come by the ecclesia until you become a member of the ecclesia. Then you go out and you teach other to make them members of the ecclesia. All kingdoms have the principle of reputation. We do not have this in democracy. 
There is no reputation in democracy. But the king has a reputation. He is responsible to take care of his citizens. He must take care of his citizens. If not, it hurts his reputation because that's what he's supposed to do. So that's why you can just guarantee he's going to meet all your needs according to his riches and glory because he wants to save his reputation. Also, it has a health care system. How many know we have a health care system? Boo! His health care system is basically the stripes of Jesus 2,000 years ago. His health care system is simply walking in divine health in your life. All kingdoms have a principle of decree. This is different than a democracy. The president can talk. The senate can talk. Everybody can talk. But when a king talks, it becomes law instantly. In other words, whatever the king says is the law. Nobody can argue with it. Nobody can come against it. We see that in the Old Testament. You had Herod. You know, he had a birthday party, and everybody's his daughter-in-law's dancing real pretty in front of him, and he says, you can have whatever you want. And she comes back and says, I'll have the head of John the Baptist. Well, how many know he didn't want to do that, but because of his decree, or let me put it in my terms, because of his big mouth, he was a king. He said it. He couldn't do anything about it. He had to give her what she asked for because once he spoke that, it became law in his life. And all kingdoms have citizens. They're citizens in the kingdom of God. It says, you have not chosen me. I have chosen you. Now, how many you know he has chosen everyone? But people have not responded to the call. So basically, he has citizens. So Jesus was not a president. He's not a prime minister. He is a king. He has territory. He is an owner, he has laws, he has a constitution, he has a certain culture, an economy, an army, citizens, and he also has a health system. How many know that people in the natural realm are looking for these qualities in a government? They're looking for a king who is honest. They're looking for a king who cares for you. They're looking for a king who wants to take care of you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They want a solid economy. Just look at the economy over the last couple of years. I mean, up and down and up and down and up goes inflation and down it goes. And you can see it. But the kingdom of God economy is stable all the time. And that's what we need to depend on. So to do all this stuff, you need to be born into the kingdom of God. That's the way that we get into the kingdom of God is by spiritual rebirth. All right, go to Colossians chapter 1. All right, Colossians chapter 1, look at verse 15. Talking about Jesus, it says, Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. Here it's talking about the firstborn. Now, it would not say firstborn here unless there were other born after him. Otherwise, you would just say Jesus was born. So basically, firstborn means what? There are more people who are going to follow him and get born again. It's available to everyone to enter the kingdom of God. No matter what number you are, just thank God that you've been born again. Whether you're 33rd, 4,000th, or whatever, you've been born in the kingdom of God. You cannot earn your way into the kingdom. Kingdom citizenship is not like a membership of a moose or a lodge or a denomination. Many people make this mistake of thinking that citizenship in the kingdom can be obtained through good works or good behavior or human effort. 
We have churches full of people who aren't even born again and think that they're doing fine and dandy. You're not. You're, unless you're a citizen of the kingdom of God, you don't belong to the kingdom of God. You can't do enough good stuff to get into the kingdom of God. You're not going to impress God before or after you're born into the kingdom of God. It all depends on what He did for us. People go out and they visit the sick and they send money around and they attend church for 40 years and all these things and still never get born again. How many know Jesus said, you must be born again? You can sing in the choir. You can play an instrument. None of these things will get you into the kingdom of heaven. You cannot become a citizen of the kingdom of heaven through association. It doesn't matter if grandma was a citizen or not. It doesn't matter if grandpa was. It doesn't matter if your parents were. This is an individual thing that you must get into. You must enter the kingdom of God and leave behind your old way of doing things and start to do things the kingdom way. So the birth that we got is a spiritual birth. That which is born of flesh is flesh. How many were born of flesh? And that which is born of spirit is spirit. But you must be born again spiritually. You are a spirit, you have a soul, which is your mind, will, emotions, and imagination, and you have a physical body. Go to Romans chapter 6. Be surprised how many people that's a revelation to, that they're a spirit being. It's not taught in some places. It's taught that you're a soul. You're just this white blob inside a physical body, and hopefully you've got enough stars to cover up your black marks. And if you do, then you go to heaven. But that's not the way. People are being misled. It's important to become a citizen of the kingdom of God. Right, Romans chapter 6, look at verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Born again means that we shake free of the death grip that was on our lives when we got born into this earth naturally. When Adam sinned, death came into the picture. It entered by one man, him. And notice the wages of that sin is death. The world is full of death all over the place. It's the punishment of Adam's sin on all mankind. So what did the father do? He immediately set a plan in motion to rescue mankind. He asked his son, the firstborn, to die for man. Then everyone who would accept his substitution could escape the death that was in their life. Now, not only spiritual death, but death all around you. Death is worry. Death is fear. Death is poverty. Death is all these things provided by Adam's sin. He came to set us free of all those things. The Bible says he has redeemed us from the curse of the law. What does the curse entertain? Everything that you see in the world today. You and I were condemned to death at one time. The Son of Man came, and we got put in the electric chair, and just before they pulled the lever, he took our place. They pulled the electric chair down and basically died in our place. He is our substitute. That's why when you study the cross and you go back to Isaiah and you check out some of that stuff, you find out that everything he became, he became so you could become. In other words, he died so you could live. He became sick so you could be healthy. He came and he was chastised so that we could have peace. Everything he did was the opposite. So everything you see that he did in Isaiah 53 and elsewhere about the cross, he did it so you could have the opposite, not so you had to do the same thing. I'm suffering for Jesus. He doesn't need it. He already did all the suffering that needed to do. Suffering's not going to help Jesus. He's doing just fine. So the son came to earth, basically. He came here to take our place and restore us back to the kingdom of God and restore us back to Father 
in a family, basically, we are now sons and daughters of God himself. Just think about this. If Jesus came and decided not to save us, we'd all basically went to hell, but he'd still be living because there's no reason for him to die. He came here and would have lived forever. Unless he took our sin, he'd still be alive today. So our sin is basically what killed him on the cross. Otherwise, he'd still be living today. All right, go to John chapter 3. People say, well, I just wish he wouldn't have died and went back to heaven. No, I wish he'd have died and went back to heaven. Because if he don't, we all in trouble. All right, John chapter 3, look at verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that you do except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into a mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. So here we see Jesus talking about entrance into the kingdom of God. He says the way to do it is to be born again. Now here's one of the smartest guys in the religious church at that time. He couldn't understand a word that Jesus was saying. I don't think he even understood that he was a spirit being because he kept trying to think of being born of the natural again. So this religious leader named Nicodemus talked with Jesus and he didn't understand. But basically he knew he was missing something. Even though he was way up in the ranks of religion, he was missing something and he knew he was missing something. Jesus told him that you must be born again. The way to enter into the kingdom, a spiritual country of heaven, is through a spiritual birth. You can do all the traditions you want. You can do the rituals and rules you want. But you will still not get in unless you are born again of the Spirit. Now here Jesus used the word you cannot see. Say see. The word here basically, if you look it up, is experience. You cannot experience the benefits of the kingdom of God unless you are born into it as a citizen. How I many you know that's the same way in the natural realm? If you're not a citizen of the United States, you should not be getting the rights and privileges of being a citizen in the United States until you become a citizen. It's the same way spiritually. When we got born again, we received all the benefits the kingdom gives us, and we can now experience them in our daily life. Heaven is a real place. It's invisible, but it's real. It's spiritual. The kingdom of God is a real government. It's the government that we're under. You can see and experience the kingdom of God. You can use authority and power given to us by the kingdom of God. So when you were born in the kingdom of God, I have the authority to do what? To receive what belongs to me. Not get, receive. Once again, your works will not get anything from the kingdom of God. Basically, your believing of what you have and acting on it makes it for real in your life. All right, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, look at verse 20. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but it is in what? Power. Notice, the kingdom of God is not in a bunch of words. The kingdom of God is in something called 
power. The word there is dudamus power. It's the same power the Bible says when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you shall receive power. So it's not in tradition. It's not in religion. It's not in words. It's not in rituals. It's not in all these things that people teach you to do. It really has nothing to do with it. The kingdom of God is in power. Now, why is that important? Because in the heart of every human being, there is a desire to operate in power. And I'm not just talking about casting out devils and healing the sick. Every person wants to be in a position where they have power over everything that comes against their life. Every circumstance, every situation, every attack, every illness. We want to be able to be in control of our situations and our circumstances. That's why people go after money. Why do they go after money? They think money is going to give them the power to do whatever they want to do. Well, it gives you the power to own what kind of house you want. It gives you the power to have what kind of car you want. But it doesn't give you the power to walk in divine health. It doesn't give you the power to have peace. It doesn't give you the power to have joy. So you can get as much money as you want. But notice all the rich people are more miserable than the people who are poor. Why is that? Because that's not the answer. And everybody thinks it is. But everybody wants power. We want to be able to dominate. We want to be able to control. Religion told me I would be able to control when I died and went to heaven. But how many know I didn't want to die? If that was it, I didn't want to die. I wanted to live. But I wanted to live in victory. I wanted to live in power here. I wanted to live in authority here. Well, don't say that, brother, because Jesus has all the power. God's got all the power. Quit being, quit being terrible with your thoughts and your everything else. That's what I was told when I was growing up. But once you read the book, say read the book. How many know if it doesn't line up with the book, something's wrong? Here it says the kingdom of God is in power. So basically everybody's looking for power. Wouldn't you like to be in a place where a situation comes into you and, and you can see it and understand it and have the results and know what to do with it every single time? Wouldn't you like to do it every time sickness disease starts to attack your body? You've got the power and authority just to drive that thing out of your life. Wouldn't you like to be in a spot where every time worry starts to come on you, you can just be able to kick it off and do that? You know what you've got to do? Get born again. Well, we're going to do that someday, Pastor. No, we're not. If you're not doing it now, you're not going to do it someday. We're always waiting for a future time. When I get a breakthrough, you already broke through. Amen. What are you going to get in your breakthrough? Power? It's yours. What are you going to get? Peace? It's yours. What are you going to get? Joy? It's supposed to be yours. It's not a breakthrough you need. It's a breakthrough in your thought life to understand that these things have been provided for you when you entered the kingdom of God. You're already in there. Now, what are we going to have to learn to do? We're going to have to learn how to use the authority and power that we got, aren't we? And that means you're going to have to speak words. You're going to have to believe in the power and authority that you got because the kingdom has already given us everything that we need, basically, praise God. And it doesn't matter what color somebody's skin is. It doesn't matter if they're male or female. It doesn't matter if they're small or not. Everybody in the world is looking for power and control. Give a little kid a toy who's three. Have him go to his friend and try to let that other kid take that toy from him. Just try. Now, you didn't teach that kid, hey, if somebody tries to steal that toy, you slap them right upside the head. You didn't have to teach them that because it's already on the inside of them. They want to protect what belongs to them. They don't want anybody else stealing it. Of course, later on, we'll teach them to share it, hopefully. But still, it's already on the inside of them. That doesn't have to be taught. You were born with that. I want to be able to control my situation. I want to hang on to my peace. I want to hang on to my joy. I want to hang on to my power. I want to hang on to my cheerfulness. I want to hang on to all this stuff. And we can do it too just like a little kid does, knowing that these things belong to us. The Bible tells us to stand fast with the liberty that Christ has already made you free and be not entangled again in the yoke of bondage. How I many know when we were all in bondage? Then we got born again and we were still in bondage. 
And then the more revelation we got, the more the Holy Spirit could show us what belonged to us, how to use our authority, how to use our power, how to use our peace, how to use our patience. Can I hear an amen? Amen. 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 Praise God. Yeah. Our patience. See, we want to react to everything just as soon as it happens. That, that's not the way to do it. Just calm down. Take a breath. Figure the thing out. Listen to the Holy Ghost a little bit and then do what God wants you to do in that situation. You're not going to change it immediately anyway. And that's why it's important to understand basically this pursuit of power we already have on the inside of it, but it cannot be misdirected power. See, it's a rulership. It's a management. So we can't have husbands ruling over wives and we certainly can't have wives ruling over husbands. That's worse yet, praise God. Hallelujah. Come on now. I'm not looking at you. Looking over here. Looking over here at this side. Yeah, well, you can't do that because it's completely out of whack. And I'll tell you what, I'll be honest with you. If men rule over women with an iron fist or whatever, they're not happy. And if a woman's ruling over her husband, she thinks she's getting what she wants, but she's not happy either. Because that's what wouldn't bring joy and happiness. There, there's a way to do that basically right there. And it's joy and power. And I'll tell you, after men, you know, after men went to war and came back and the women took all the jobs, got out of the home and's not there anymore and took over everything else, basically the only power that men had anymore to rule the house was with the fist. Now we see a lot of abuse. Come on now. See a lot of abuse in marriages. Why? Because the man's only power he's got is to punch her in the nose every now and then to get what he wants. So that's the way it has regressed into a place where I've got no more control. I'm supposed to be doing everything right, so I'm just going to lay her out when she does. Well, how I many know that ain't going to work either? And then sometimes people take it out on their kids with child abuse instead because they're angry or mad. But this kind of power that we've got is a good power. It's Holy Ghost power. It's Holy Ghost wisdom. It helps us to understand the significance of our purpose here on the earth. We are supposed to be showing people how a kingdom person lives. A kingdom person doesn't punch his wife. A wife doesn't punch his husband. It doesn't work that way. We're not angry. We're not upset. We're calm. We're patient. We're there looking out for everyone else more than we look out for ourselves. It's not a kingdom of selfishness. It's a kingdom of L-O-V-E. And love is giving. So we love the other person. What if they don't like us? We love the other person. What if they scream at us? We love the other person. What if they don't like us? We love the other person. What if they talk, go behind your back and talk about everybody? We love the other person. Why? Because we're kingdom people, praise God. And that's what we do. But this is something you grow in. Say grow in. Grow in. Uh, you know, if you grow in anything, you have to practice it. So if every time somebody screams at you, you scream back. I just can't grow in love. No, you can't. Because every time they scream at you, you're just doing what you used to do. Scream right back. No, you, you walk in love with that person. Then you walk in love with the next. So when the real big, biggie comes, you're ready to walk in love for that person, praise God. So what are we doing? We're growing in the kingdom of ways. We're out there. We're significant now. We have a purpose now. People are saying, you act like God. And you say, praise God, thank you very much. Hallelujah. I know that was a slam, but thank you so much. I really needed to hear that today. See? Uh, you're so patient all the time. Thank you. Thank you. I needed to hear that. Praise God. You're so peaceful. You never worry all day. Thank you very much. That's just what I needed. What are those? Those are all God traits that are developing on the inside of us. And we do that through the power that we already have on the inside of us. All right. Go to Psalm 115. All right, Psalm 115, look at verse 16. 
The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth has he given to the children of men. So basically here he's saying, heaven belongs to me, and earth belongs to you. He belongs to the human beings who he created, who he put on this earth. Earth is our responsibility. Heaven is his responsibility. But here on earth, we're fortunate because we have access to our homeland, which is a spiritual country you can't see, called heaven. And everything that we need is in heaven for us to use here on the earth. The powers that are here, the money that you need is here, everything like that is here, basically, because God wants you to succeed here on the earth. Basically, you are called a king here on the earth. That means you are supposed to be ruling what? R ruling your, your, your brother and sister? No. Ruling your spouse? No. And we see misguided authority all over. One nation against another nation. We see worker and boss arguing, fighting. We see kids arguing, parents and kids. All that is misused authority, but it is authority. In other words, we've each been given authority in our own right. And sometimes we don't really have to learn about our authority. We have to learn how to submit in order to use our authority. That is good right there. Because everybody wants to hear about their authority. Praise God, I got authority. I rule over everything. Will you submit to anybody? No, I ain't going to do that. Praise God. I just want to, I'm just, I'm a ruler. I rule over everybody. But no, as you learn to submit, you learn to rule at the same time. That's the way it is. You just don't rule over everybody and everything that comes about you. And that, that's the problem with the church sometimes is because pastors can become rulers. They want to dominate the congregation. They want to keep you coming back. They want you to need it. They want you all these things. But basically, a true pastor wants you to go by where he's at. In other words, somebody gets up and preaches a sermon. Latasha gets up and preaches another sermon that's a lot better than my sermon. I'm not going to come up and cry. I'm going to say, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Come back up and do it again. Glory to God. Hallelujah. See, because you were looking for other purposes. Jesus said, the works that I do, you will do. But watch this. But I'll tell you what, even greater. Well, Jesus, don't that make you feel bad that people are going to be doing greater works than you? You're Jesus. Doesn't that make you? <laughs> no. He was a real leader. He knew authority. He knew power. And he was trying to raise everybody up beyond themselves. And in the church, my God, that is tough there. Because, boy, people get mad when other people grow faster than they do. They get upset when they're doing things that they're not doing yet. Don't get upset. Just find out how they did it and do it, for God's sakes. Follow them. Get behind them. Find out what you've been doing. Well, I've been reading the Bible. Well, that would help me probably <laughs> if I did that. Praise God. Hallelujah. Maybe you ought to try that. Maybe that would help me. Praise God. It, it's not a big thing. It's not something major they did. It's just some little thing that you're not doing or your mind's in the gutter someplace. But we all want to grow up into a place with this authority that we have, praise God. And we want to raise other people up with us. The Holy Ghost is not here to exalt himself he's here to help us exalt so the Jesus in us gets exalted on the inside of us are you following me so if Jesus gets exalted in Chrissy then I'm going to be excited because Jesus is being exalted through Chrissy I'm not going to get mad at Chrissy because she's doing better than me praise God and we've got to come into that we're a family Lord don't you want your brothers and sisters to succeed a little bit you may not like them but you still want them to succeed yeah you want success in their life, praise God. Well, it's the same way even as a parent and everything else. So here it says, we have the earth. We have dominion on the earth. We are the ones here on the earth. Jesus came back and took us back and put us in the position of earth again. The Bible says that he basically, he bound the strong man and took everything away from him and gave it back to his citizens in the kingdom of God, who we are basically born into the kingdom of God. So we are kings and we are lords 
but we are lords over his property. We don't own them. We own them because we're part of the good old family, praise God. I mean, everything that your parents own, you owned. Hallelujah. Even my grandkids probably own a lot of stuff that I've got, praise God. Why is that? They're all part of the family. It's the same way. You belong to the family of God, and you have someone who's taking care of you and loves you very, very much. So we are in charge of the earth. God is not in charge of the earth. God is not in control of everything. Can't blame God for things going on in your life. And let me tell you right now, things are going to happen in your life. People say, Lord, don't let any bad thing happen to me for the rest of my life. Good luck. It ain't going to work, praise God. Things are going to come into your life. But we, hallelujah, have the power to rule and go through those things and rule over those things and come out on top every single time, praise God. And that's what we're going to do, glory to God. That's the way we do it. So basically nothing you can see in the modern day government lines up with the kingdom government. Because in the kingdom government, the king takes care of everything. In democracy, how many know the president ain't going to take care of anything for you? See? And the congressmen aren't even going to take care of anything for you. And they're not in it. Make sure you get blessed. They get in it, get rich, and get out. See, They're not for you. But in the kingdom, we've got to understand that the king wants to do it for us. He wants to help us. He wants to be a good king. And that's what makes us trust him more than we ever did before. The king is basically the center of the kingdom. He is the government of the kingdom. You may not like what he says, but you have to obey what he says. And in the world today, they're changing his laws right and left, right in front of everybody. And people are picketing to keep those laws unlawful and to go forward. But as kingdom citizens, we go with whatever he says. The things that we can see and experience in life are due to the unseen governing influences in our life. We need to stay tapped into heaven and into the Spirit of God so the Spirit of God can rule in our lives and have an influence in our life. Every human being down here is under the influence of something. I used to be under the influence of alcohol. I'm not anymore. But somebody's under the influence of the darkness or the under the influence of light. One or the other is a human being. You're just not under the influence of you. You're being persuaded. You're being coaxed. You're being tempted. You're being to be in the kingdom of darkness. But then again, you've got the Spirit of God on the other side of you. So there's a battle going on, isn't there, here on the earth? I mean, there's no battle going on in heaven. You know why? His word is forever settled in heaven. What are we trying to do? Settle His word here on the earth. We're trying to show that God's way is the best way. So we're going to experience things in our life. And here on the earth, you can see it. You can see beautiful things, and then you can see a lot of ugliness. You can see joy. You can see sorrow. You can see life. You can see death. You can see all these things, harmony and conflict. Why? Because there's two different kingdoms going on right now. I mean, just turn on your TV set, watch the news for two minutes, and you're going to see a conflict between one side or the other side that's going on. And, but you don't have to get in part of that. You don't have to be in that. You've got a kingdom where that you look to instead of the earth. You look at the earth, you see ways you can help out, but you get everything that you want from the kingdom of heaven. The earth is the name of the planet where the battle's going on right now. The two worlds are contending for this earth. The kingdom of darkness wants to control this earth, and heaven wants to control this earth. But they're both after one important thing. You know what that is? You. You. The battle is for you. Because a spirit being don't have any influence down here unless they've got a physical body. How many know the devil doesn't have a physical body? God doesn't have a physical body. That's why he put the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. Why are people get possessed with the devil? Because the devil wants access into this earth realm. So he tries to possess people. 
The devil's not writing any dirty books. He's not doing any pornography. He's not doing any of that stuff. He's influencing man to do that. So the battle is over mankind. Well, who's going to reach mankind other than mankind? So we see people sometime and we think, my God, they're terrible. These people are the worst people I ever saw. Well, you probably ran into them because you were supposed to run into them. See? Maybe they needed somebody to straighten them out. Maybe they needed somebody to help them. Maybe they just needed somebody to smile at them. Maybe they need somebody to love them. Maybe they need something to do something. Especially, you know, with, with the way the world's going right now. Every kid, everybody in the store needs to smile. Every, I mean, I go, my God, every store I go into, I just try to smile at everybody. Pray. And it's good now because I'm not wearing a mask. I can at least see if they smile back or, or tell me or cuss me out. I mean, at least I'm getting a response now. Before, you didn't know what they were saying. All you could see was their eyes going down the aisle and see what's going on. But yeah, you'd be surprised at how many people you just smile at, and they'll smile back, even though they look crabby two minutes earlier. Why is that? Because you're influencing people who are around you. So the earth is a planet. There's darkness and there's light. There's a battle between Satan and God's people. The rule of darkness rules in ignorance. Hey, ignorance. He wants to keep you ignorant of the kingdom of God, ignorant of your power, ignorant of your authority, ignorant of what you're supposed to be doing in your life, because if you can do that, he knows you will be non-affected. Because of these unseen kingdoms, we are living in a world that's always tense, there's always conflicts, there's always pressure, but we can live above it. What's the answer? Go to John 16. When you read the Bible and look at that more than you look at what's going on in the world, sometimes you get excited about things that other people think you're nuts. In other words, the darker the world gets and it's getting darker every day, to some people is a depressing thing. But the Word of God says, Arise, shine, for the light has come, and the glory of the Lord will rise up upon you. Gross darkness will cover this earth. Gross darkness will cover the people. But the glory of the Lord will rise up upon His people and shine and change people's life. So the darker it gets, the brighter we get. Come on now. Oh, it's just so dark. I just want to go. Uh, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Help us. Get us out of here. It doesn't matter what's going on. It does according to the Bible because it's when it gets dark and gross darkness. Say gross darkness. I don't know if darkness can get any grosser. Come on. Then it is right now. So it's getting gross. So I got to be thinking if the Bible's true and gross darkness is covering the earth, then there's more of the light shining on the inside of me, coming out, influencing on the inside of me. It's easier to get revelation when the light gets brighter. It's easier to see things about the kingdom of God. It's easier to look at different things. So what's happening? It's a good time for them. You know, when God's in charge of your finances and your money and the whole world collapses and the housing market collapses, you're going to find out you're the one with the money to pick up all the scraps out there with the money because God's been preparing you for the collapse and all, once everybody else is boo-hooing and you're yay-yaying. See, God's got it figured out, but we can't go to live in the mentality of the world or you'll never receive from God. So we want to keep the mentality according to the Bible, praise God. All right, John chapter 16, look at verse 33. These things have I spoken unto you that in me you might have what? Now where's your peace? In Him. It's not in the news. It's not in what's going on in the world. It's not in the weather report. It's not in the economy. It's in Him. So I'm going to keep my peace by looking at Him. In the world, you'll never have tribulation. Don't worry, you're born again. You'll never have a problem. Everything's going to be good as soon as you get in the kingdom of God. No, in the world, you shall have... I just don't know what's going on. 
you're having tribulation. Well, I don't know about that. Yes, you do. It's right there in the Bible. Jesus says you're going to have tribulation. But notice what he says. In your tribulation, do what? What? Be of good cheer. In the middle of tribulation? How many people do you see in the middle of tribulation with good cheer? How about just cheer? How about just good? No, you don't see it at all. But he says be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. So he's saying, hey, you're a citizen just like I am. You're a son just like I am. All these things are coming against me, but I overcame the world when I was here. How many know they tried to throw him off of a cliff? How many know they tried to kill him several times? How many know the devil came and attacked him personally? How many know he just walked through all those things, praise God, and used the word of God to do it? He said, that's the way I did it, so I have overcome all these things. Be of good cheer because you can overcome the same way that I overcame anything that comes into your life. Is there going to be stuff that comes into our life? Yes. It's going to be coming. Now, we don't call for it. I mean, don't get up on Sunday morning and say, yay, say, may, tribulation's coming to me this week. You don't want to do that, praise God. You don't want to prophesy it, but it is in the Word, and it is going to come, but the Holy Spirit will take that Word that you placed on the inside of you, and He'll hit that thing with the Word of God through the Spirit of God, and it'll just blow up and go out of your life. We've got everything that we need, praise God, to live in victory 24-7 because we are kingdom citizens. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for your Word tonight. I thank you for, for revealing to us who we are, what we can do. Father, we thank you that we're alive in this day and this hour. Praise God. I thank you for the power of God that's flowing in the heart and minds of people. I thank you for the revelation that's coming forth into the hearts of mind. I thank you. You continue to open our eyes to the things that we walk different than everybody else. That when people see us, they'll say we are from someplace else. Praise God, because we are. Father, we want to be peculiar people in every area of our life. And we thank you for your spirit revealing it to us. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen.